hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're going to discuss Vampire Circus, 1972, Hammer Film, Michael. What beers are we going to discuss today? Beers. I like that you slipped that in there. Beers, plural. Cheers. We are drinking. We are being sponsored today. Millstream Brewery out of Iowa. It's where I'm from. It's a terrific brewery. They've been around since 1985. They're in a place called the Amana Colonies, which is a German settlement. Rebecca was so kind to give us Schiltbrau Amber, which is their flagship beer. It's a Vienna-style amber beer. This is your first time having any of their stuff, right? Yes. What do you think? It's delicious. It has that malty, sweet taste, full mouthful. It's carbonated. I like that. It's definitely that reddish copper that you would expect from an amber ale. It's a beautiful color. Tastes great. I'm going to say it. Hands down, this is my favorite American amber beer. I think it's fantastic. They also sent us a Backroad Stout, which is their oatmeal stout, and their raspberry latte stout which is a stout that they added uh, locally roasted coffee and raspberry puree. We'll get into that a little later in the episode. Thank you so much, Millstream. Thank you very much. And they work out excellent with our discussion about a vampire circus, which is a fantastic name. So who chose this movie? This is my choice. This is going to kick off Shocktober. So this is our first Shocktober episode. Super excited about that because, again, we're in Shocktober. We've got horror movies. Schiltbrau is a great autumn beer when you think about it, especially autumn in the Midwest when it's getting nice and cool. I picked it. I found it first on Amazon. It goes off and on if you subscribe to Amazon. I found it on YouTube. I believe you saw it on Tubi. Yes, that's where I watched it. I do know that Synapse Film has released a DVD Blu-ray combo in 2010 that a lot of people talk about it because it contains a half-hour buddiest show on Earth, The Making of Vampire Circus. I did not watch it, but it's now on my um, shopping list. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Why is it a B-movie, Michael? Okay, first of all, this is a Hammer production. It is when Hammer starts getting a little more racy. Not the Hammer I grew up. Hammer growing up, my mom would bring home some of their old vampire movies. They gave director Robert Young six weeks to shoot it. He got into his seventh week. And they came in and shut it down, just said, you're done, handed over the what footage they had to an editor and said, make the film. So not everything was shot from the script. They actually did a pretty good job. I was impressed. But there are a couple of moments we'll talk about where I thought, oh, this doesn't make as much sense or there was more to this little bit. You know, it's a genre picture. It's a horror movie. It's a vampire movie. It's Hammer. B-movie. Makes sense. So it's right here where we should always say, spoiler alert, in our discussion and plot analysis, we're going to tell you everything about this movie. Exactly. (laughs) Beginning, middle, and end. So if you don't want to know what happens, maybe go and watch the movie and then come back and join us for our podcast. This movie I find a little confusing on my first watching. And I might do what you just pointed out about the editing. You want to give us a, a little overall plot summary of basically what's going on in this movie? Okay. Basically, there's a small town shtetl Did we ever find out? They don't say in the movie where it's located. It's in Eastern Europe, I believe. It's a small little village that has this evil count overseeing them in a castle. He's he's doing wrong. They end up killing this dude. But before he dies, quote unquote dies, he curses the town. So then we flash forward. The town is, is indeed cursed. There's this terrible plague going around, and they're blockaded off. They're quarantined by the people outside. And this kind of quarantine is where they get shot if you try to leave the town. A circus comes to town to avenge and bring back the count. That's the long and the short of it. That's my plot summary. And you're right. Besides calling the, vi- the village shtetl, it was hard figuring out where it took place. Hammer in the 70s published its own magazine, and they did a comic version of this in the 70s and i went and read it online it's available on the internet archive and they say it takes place in serbia but i think if you if you look at the synapse release it's all over where they put this movie because they have german sounding names well you have you have a burgermeister (laughs) you have people named hauser (laughs) Mueller, and schilt it's not spelled exactly like schiltbrow but it is schilt to me i would have thought german but i know that it isn't germany because i've read about it So we're in the 70s now with Hammer. 
It's at its end of its first generation. In 78, they made their last movie. I don't think it was released in the 80s, but they made their last movie in 78, and they didn't kind of revitalize until, I think, in the 2000s. So this was it. They're facing a lot of pressure from other B-movie exploitation movies that are coming out. When I'm thinking Hammer, I'm thinking Gothic setting. I'm thinking Peter Cushing, Christopher yeah. Lee. None of these actors do I actually recognize in this. There's only one, the young Anton. Only because last October we did a movie called The House That Screams. That's right. And he played the killer. <laughs> but other, otherwise, like there are a couple of people, their faces are somewhat familiar. One of the people we both know because he played Darth Vader. Oh, that's The right. actual figure of Darth Vader in the suit. But you don't really know the guy. Otherwise, he's just a strong man in the circus. David Prowse. <laughs> yeah. But Hammer was trying to appeal to youth because movies were getting more violent. They were getting more racy. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, people still love them. But the contents are much more intense. The violence is a little more is more intense. There is a lot of nudity in this. A lot of flesh. This is not the hammer my mom <laughs> no, was bringing home no. when I was a kid. And I think when it's when it was first released in England, I think they gave it equivalent of what matters at the time on the U.S. side, like an X rating. We're gonna have to talk about Rosa. We're gonna have to talk about Anna at the very beginning. We're gonna have to talk about the Tiger Woman, the, the, <laughs> the, sec, the sexy Cirque du Soleil. That was pretty racy, even by today's standards. I thought they're walking a fine line. The screenwriter credits go to Wilbur Stark and George Bax. George Bax, I found an interview, Scarlet Street Magazine, and they asked him. I'm gonna quote the interview, Mr. Bax. You were also involved writing the story for the Hammer film Vampire Circus, weren't you? His response. I did not write the story. They bought the title, Scarlet Street, just the title. They paid me a thousand pounds. So I found that interesting that he gets a writing credit, even though really he came up with the title. And I think there's a couple other items that we wanted to touch on before we dive in. One, this reminded me of, it was Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury that he wrote in 62. Disney made it into a movie in 1983. And then The Circus of Dr. Lau, which was Charles Finney wrote that in 35. I think it was made by George Palantin movie in 64. But both those movies were about a very ominous circus coming to town. Not exactly to the well-being of the townspeople. And I caught that vibe. They're very different plots, but that's kind of the vibe I got. But also, you were discussing this glam rock. Well, with this appeal, I think <laughs> Hammer was trying to appeal to a younger set. So some of the characters, and I'm telling you, like, the Count, I called David Bowie. Remind me of David Bowie. His cousin, Emil, kind of the main fan, he was Mark Bolin from T-Rex. Exactly. And then the twins were, at times, looked exactly like, is it David Cassidy? Was he the, was he the one in the Partridge family? <laughs> yes. And Susan Day, who played Laurie Partridge? David Cassidy, or was he a Hardy Boy? Which, that's Sean Cassidy. Oh, that's right. It, Sean, it, exactly interchangeable the Cassidy but they did they had it was this interesting thing where it made me think of glam rock versus the old music the old ways so and that maybe was just me and knowing that but I'm telling you I kept I kept just going up oh, David Bowie and there's Mark Bolin and I get a lot of angry mob in this movie I'm thinking back to other movies we've done, and there's a lot of angry mob rile up the mob last October literally people with torches this is not a kid's movie the sex the violence and the insinuation of one child murder—that's uh, pretty much what it is. It's it's child murder bordering on a sexual vibe that yes. we both picked up on and both found a little unseen. The idea of it is terribly offensive. That's a dark place to go. Horror movies today sort of avoid that. You know the whole "you don't kill children." This movie doesn't have a problem with that. In fact, the children are the target. So the movie starts. There is a long twelve-minute introduction to the movie that could honestly i thought that's its own movie in itself and it starts where we have mueller the schoolmaster he's sitting out in the forest and one of the reasons we gave this overall plot summary i find this movie a little confusing at the time he's sitting out there then you hear a little girl playing and he looks up and your assumption at the time it's his daughter and then he looks up and he sees his wife and he's not caught off guard even though later on you're going to realize that Anna, his wife, is a consort of Count Mitterhouse, the vampire. Which I do wonder if this, again, comes to the editing thing. Where the, the story, something was caught because we both saw it. He looks up 
and sees this, and his reaction isn't, oh my god, my missing wife is taking that little girl off into the forest, which is in in and of itself, through all sorts of folklore and stories, the idea of the forest can be a very dangerous place, especially for children. So yeah, he has this delayed response that seems odd. Truly, after you watch several times, you realize, like, one, children are going missing, and his wife has hooked up and is a consort of Count Mitterhouse. His reactions completely are not correct based on his situation. But you don't know that at the time, the first viewing. Then all of a sudden, something does bother him. Anna takes Jenny, the child, and they run towards the castle. And that's when all of a sudden he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I do need to step up. And he chases them and is screaming. And of course, they're in the keep now of Count Mitterhouse. This is when it gets a little unsettling. Anna has brought Jenny to Count Mitterhouse to kill. Count Mitterhouse, he's definitely a glam rocker. At one point, I thought he kind of looks like a very young Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. But his attire is completely appropriate to the 1970s. Throw a little glitter on his face and put him on stage. <laughs> Mitterhouse is untying Jenny's braids. And it's very sexual. And Anna in the background is completely getting off on this. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. It flashes to Mueller trying to rile up the town saying, children are missing. We know he's responsible. And so as he's riling the town up, it flashes back where Count Mitterhouse and Anna are getting riled up as he's killing this young girl. And after he kills that, as he, what, what's the word he uses? One lust feeds the other. And then him... And Anna get going, which yeah. this was a very, like, I was like, oh, for early 70s, this was a little jarring. Oh, absolutely. And so this back and forth of that going on, a very sexual situation, and then Mule, like, riling up the village, like, people killed your, have taken your children. I mean, and Jason, you're, you're a parent. Yeah. I mean, th- this idea that it took Mueller that much effort to get an angry mob going because we get the impression that somehow the, the count is in some control. Again, maybe it was a scene that didn't get shot. Everyone's kind of afraid of the count, but at the same time, he's taking your children. And so you would think they would be much more ready to say, let's go sort this out. Let's be about it. But they're not. It takes Mueller quite an effort to drum these people up into an angry mob, but he finally does. He does. And with the help of the burgermeister, the town mayor, who finally says, yes. It's time to go. So they go and ransack the keep. They see Mitterhouse. He also appears with a saber. Anna, the actress, I think one of the reasons they hired her is her agreement to basically be nude throughout these scenes. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> and they fight the count. And for, once again, it's a battle where you fight most of the time, one person at a time. It's like, like you it's drew a number. Exactly. You're at the butcher and you're like, okay, you go fight him and now you. And I think it's the Burgermeister has the right idea. He's got this eight foot stake, but he stakes the count in the crotch. Yeah. How's that going to happen? It's a vampire. <laughs> And the, and the count just sort of swats it away, which I found sort of funny because if somebody's trying to stake you there, I, I wouldn't just casually swat at it. He goes, ah, it must be the heart. He went out there with the intention, if you stab a vampire in the junk, you're going to kill him. <laughs> and then Mueller stabs him from behind through the heart. And you're right. Most of your typical hammer vampire tropes show up in this movie. Stabbing through the heart, the fangs. The fear of the crucifix, being able to shapeshift, being able to glamour, being able to enthrall. But not all of them. There's a couple ones they don't follow, but generally it's a very traditional vampire. They don't cast reflections. But Mueller stabs Count Mitterhouse through the heart. He's done with. The village now takes Anna outside. They're going to roll in barrels of gunpowder to And Jenny. Oh, and Jenny. They carry Jenny's body out. She is dead. At first, you don't know what's going on, but the village decides that Anna has to be punished. And once again, there's a very S&M scene where they're going to have her crawl the gambit as men beat her with belts and switches from trees. You would think traditionally, it's not pleasant, but you think traditionally you just hang the person. Exactly. I mean, she's been murdering the children of the village. They decide, to that they're going to blow up the keep. They're going to destroy this evil area. She runs back inside as they're attempting to blow this up. And you can see fires exploding. But she drags Mitterhouse's 
body to a crypt. She is able to revive, and he whispers, go and see my cousin Emil, and mentions the Circus of Knights. And she escapes through the tunnel as the, the grounds are destroyed. Which is another kind of confusing moment because we've later, I guess, we're supposed to figure it out. We jump ahead 15 years and they do a nice little dissolve shot with Rape by the Castle where to show the change in time. It's the same shot, but it sort of dissolves from summer into winter. And then I believe it, sh- it moves into one other uh, one other uh, season. So we get this nice little dissolve that sort of gives you the transition of time. Cheers. So, Michael, as we this transition scene goes on, I think it's a perfect time. We're trying another beer here. I, I sort of <laughs> like this sampling of beers we're doing. This is the Backroad Stout. It's an oatmeal stout. That thing smells so rich. Yeah. It it's it's, almost smells, I think we, we both said chocolate cake. Chocolate cake, toasty, mm. coffee. It looks thick. And it has just a creamy texture to it. Superb. Oh, yes. In a place like Shtetl, where I bet winter's can get a little harsh sitting around a fire with this way. You know, you go, eh, let it snow. Let the vampires run amok outside. <laughs> Although, and we'll talk about it. They can come into your home. It's not like in most where you can sit inside and like flip them off and say, I'm drinking beer. You can't touch me. You know, it's like, <laughs> they're just going to come in. We do that transition. I thought, I just think it's a nice little shot. And then we're 15 years in the future. Shtetl is indeed cursed. There is some pestilence, a plague going around. The main players who are at the end of that opening are in a room. They're discussing what can we, what can we do. They've been quarantined. They're blocked off from the outside world. You're not allowed to leave. One dude we find out, Dr. Kirsch, who must be a newer addition to the town because he wasn't part of killing the Count. And he doesn't believe in any of this vampire nonsense because many of the people think... The Count cursed us and we're being cursed. And he's saying, you're a bunch of fools. This is science. How are you liking the stout? Oh, I love it. It, it. It's thick. It is creamy. I'm not usually big on the beer float. But if you did have like a really good scoop of some uh, vanilla ice cream, you could make, you could make something you could out make of this. A, you know, a float out of this. If you go, oh, I, gotta, I want to have a beer for dessert. Oatmeal stout's a big fan. And this is a delicious one. Thank you again, Millstream. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It does so well with this movie. They're trying to figure out what to do because you can't get outside help. Dr. Kirsch says, if I can get out of here, I can get help for us. While all this, while they're having this talk, he's, his son Anton from The House That Screamed, he's going to go with him. As they're all hanging and chilling, they hear some music. The Circus of Nights suddenly rolls into town with a really disturbing dwarf and a strong man. David Prowse once again, Darth Vader. David Prowse. They're leaning out the window. Here comes the circus. And one of the men yells out, Hey, woman! Gypsy woman! Gypsy! (laughs) They want to know, what are you doing here? How'd you get through? The gypsy woman says, We're here to collect the coins off dead men's eyes. Part of that scene might be a Monty Python skits. Both... Bring out your dead. Thank you. Because they do. There is a dead cart. And, and one of it, somebody actually makes the comment. They say a, a priest is in the cart. God's abandoning the priest. What hope do we have? But you're right. They have literally have the dead cart. <laughs> and the bell ringing. And then shouting at gypsy woman out of a window. I'm thinking like, old woman. Yes. I'm a man. And I, I am? My name's Dennis. The Burgermeister reminds me, as he looks like an older man, of Dr. Bombay from Bewitched. I'm still convinced he is. I mean, I looked it up and I went, that's wrong. You, you goofed it up. It's yeah. Dr. Bombay. And I think he's played by a character, English character actor named Thorley Walter. Can I just say for the first time that the dwarf, the clown dwarf, is terrifying? He is. Skip Martin's the actor. Terrifying character. This circus is not something I would bring my kids to. And that's why it reminded me of... You know, something wicked this way, and the circus of Dr. Loud, because it was a horrifying circus. I don't know if it's a circus I would go to. No. (laughs) Unless I was a gun owner. (laughs) The town elders are not put off that this circus was able to break the blockade. A streak of large wagons was able to go through. Not the first time that something weird happens that the townspeople choose to just ignore or refuse to question. Kirsch and his son, Anton, are going to break. There must only be one way in and out of here. I don't get it. 
if you're trying to get out of these little villages, they go right up to where the blockade is. And he goes, there's the blockade. And the son says, I'm going to go draw fire. <laughs> and the dad is cool with that. Exactly. Very Again, not a parent, but I would think, you know, if your child says, I'm going to go draw fire from real guns so that you can get through, you'd rethink your plan. Agreed. And there is a giant forest behind there with just a small road. Isn't there a well, game trail you could follow that well, takes you around? Right through the forest. <laughs> The Kirsch family is trying to get outside the blockade. Dr. Kirsch does get outside the blockade. And this is the first night of the circus. And the entire village shows up for the performance. The gypsy woman introduces the Burgermeister and his family and his lovely daughter, Rosa. Once again, I think an actress who the reason she got the role is that she was willingness willing to, to do, disrobe. Do. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the, so the burger, the burgermeister is like first on the list. Yes. Because, because the count cursed and said, your children will die. Shtetl will, will be cursed. One of the first exhibits at the circus, and they should have put a sign up saying, not suitable for young children. I'm is different a- time. I mean, hundreds of years ago, but Jason, it, I call it sexy Cirque du Soleil. Yes. Because it is very cool. It is a woman who is body painted to look like a tiger. Although, they, interesting, they choose a color. It's not orange and black like a tiger. It's, it's green tigers. We're in a different yeah, country. Exactly. Maybe that and uh, her erotic tiger trainer. Now, this woman is completely nude body painted. She has a small little patch that's covering a private area. Otherwise, she is nude you realize it right off and they do yeah. a very erotic lion he's tiger to, training he's training her with the whip she's <laughs> dancing around and this sticks out in people's mind when they think about this movie this is one of the oh. scenes afterwards we have the strong man david prowse shows up and the dwarf doing a little skit and then emil uh, the gypsy woman releases a black panther yes and it jumps towards the audience and transforms to Mark Bolin from (laughs) T-Rex. And he has eyes for the Burgermeister's daughter, Rosa, right off. And again, here's a moment where a Black Panther comes running and everyone goes, ah! And suddenly it turns into a human. Nobody's looking thinking or saying, this isn't right. And afterwards, as the end of the night, a woman screams, saying, my son's gone, my son's gone. And you're thinking, right off, this circus is up to no good. But... Her son appears on the shoulders of Emil. He's a handsome fellow. Yeah, he is. He's a good-looking guy. And he's got eyes for, for Rosa. Yes. There's he, a young, the young lady, Rosa, and they both kind of have a moment looking at each other. As the crowd leaves, Rosa's going to stay behind with Emil, and you think they're going to go on a date. In fact, Emil just takes her back to his cage, his panther cage, and she disrobes. They have sex in Emil's mind, the gypsy woman, you could hear a voice saying, it's too soon. Because he gets the vampire teeth. He's going to take her out there. Pulls back. He doesn't take her out, but he does bite and enthrall her. Which, honestly, Jason, doesn't make a lot of sense because the idea is to take people to the count and put their blood on him. If he kills her there, that doesn't really do a whole lot for the count. Afterwards, you you know, flashes towards Rosa's back with her family, and she's acting like a fourteen year old whiny brat. But she literally she, wants know. to run away with the circus. Exactly. She, <laughs> I mean, it's not a joke. She wants to run away with the circus. Her dad probably won't let her, but her mom is a pretty soft touch because <laughs> she's like, "Okay, you can run off with a man." Oh, you. This period of the movie ends with a very telling scene because you have the gypsy woman and Emil down in the crypt. With Count Mitterhouse's body, which is strong man to open it up. He's got got to move some rocks and stuff to rubble. And the body really hasn't disintegrated. So another thing, I always thought like the stake through the heart, the body disintegrates. But here he still looks good, and he is talking in their mind, saying their plan is specifically laid out. The sins of the father shall be delivered to the children of this area. All must die. And some vampire tales it's not just the stake you got to put the stake in but you also have to cut the head off that could be why he hasn't disintegrated or disappeared so at this point in the movie right off you should learn that that circus of the knights is up to no good but now you definitely know they're here for one evil purpose but i think that's a good time to let's break out the raspberry latte stout and give it a shot because we're at a circus environment that sounds something sweet that you get out of circus. Not this circus. I didn't see a lot of vendor food vendors at this circus. There is a staggeringly low amount of drinking in this movie, considering the time, 
where they are, what they can do, which is not leave. <laughs> There's no tavern. Nobody's hanging out. No. At ta- Usually they're they're like gathering in a tavern or something. Yeah, it does seem missing from this shtetl. I think that if you are in the midst of a plague and then embroiled in the machinations of a vampire circus, that one way to get out of these thoughts is to go and drink at a tavern. Yeah, and there is there's one guy. He's the town drunk. All right, cheers. Cheers. So here's the raspberry latte stout. That coffee. 25 pounds of coffee beans from a local coffee roaster, Iowa Coffee Roasters, and 170 pounds of raspberry puree go into the making of this beer. It's intense with the coffee. Oh, that's the first thing I could smell. I'm a coffee drinker, so... If it's got coffee and raspberries, I'm in. It is thick. It's a milk stout. It's got a little creamier feel. Oh, yeah. I get more of the raspberry on the end. Mmm, that's a dessert beer. That is. That's nice. Not overly that's, sweet, though, which I appreciate. It's like a natural sweet. It has intense. a great coffee. Dare I say this could be a breakfast beer? <laughs> like you have it, those moments in your life where it's okay to have a beer in the morning when you're camping. On and, vacation. And when you're on vacation. Because you're thinking, I need my coffee. I need a healthy dose of fruit. And you could grab this out of your refrigerator. <laughs> it exactly. resolves both of them. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just going to walk around. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing a whole lot. I'm just going to find I other mean, places to It's drink. so dark, it does look a little like, like coffee. Like I said, the Schiltbrow, my favorite amber. The Backroad Stout is a tremendous oatmeal stout. This, to bat cleanup, it's delicious. Absolutely. Just thank, thank you so much. I you know Anytime somebody is generous enough to help us in our journey, I'm just ever thankful. Absolutely. Personally, these are some one of my favorite breweries. They've been around since 1985. That's Iowa's oldest craft brewery. You might have to go to the Midwest to get it. It should be on your list. If you're a beer geek, it's a fun experience. The Amana Colonies is really neat. It's a beautiful little facility. Very kind of rustic looking. Great outdoor facilities for Midwest sitting outside drinking and eating some good food. Cheers again. I'm going to go back to the back road style a little bit. I'm going to finish up with the raspberry latte. And Michael, we're on day two of the circus. And this is when their machinations begin full-blown. And it's also the introduction of another group of vampires? The twins. We meet the twins, Helga and Heinrich, Laurie Partridge and her brother. <laughs> David Cassidy. David Cassidy. It looks like David Cassidy and, and Susan Day. I mean, they, they kind of do. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't think it was intentional. But it's very strange how the vampire side is just so much like that era of young youths. They bring everybody back. The village is watching the twins jumping around, and they they turn into bats, and then they turn into people. And everyone's just clapping and ooing and eyeing. Nobody stands up and says, that's not right. Yeah, this is all circus magic. <laughs> Remember the vampire from 15 years ago? Perhaps this is what he was talking about. This is ridiculous. Did it catch you off guard when I first watched this? It, it didn't dawn on me until later that they're brother and sister twins. But it's there's an incestuous relationship between the two of them. One hundred percent. There's there's taboos. A lot of taboos. Taboos exactly. being broke because yes, these two. I, I mean, I I thought for sure I went. This brother and sister sleep together. Yeah. They know each other a little too well. Off <laughs> putting. Yes, it is. <laughs> now we get introduced to the mirror of life. The burgermeister. He gets to go first. Your money's no good here, pal. You go on in. It's just, you know, the, the distortion mirrors. And man, I don't know. They they sure get a kick out of that. He just starts laughing. I don't know if he was being sort of possessed or something. But I mean, he's just laughing at just this distorted mirror version of himself. And then he steps down a few mirrors and each one's a little weirder. And then he steps in front of a regular mirror. It is Count Mitterhouse preying on the Burgermeister's wife and insinuating that he will kill him. He will kill everyone, and the Burgermeister has a heart attack. He loses it totally. And the whole crowd comes running in. Historical note, typically those Carnival House of Mirrors, Hall of Mirrors, when I was doing some research, they point to the Hall of Mirrors in the Palace of Versailles built by the Sun King. So that's where apparently the the House of Mirrors, Hall of Mirrors comes from. But um, he he was really tickled by it. Oh my God. (laughs) The idea... Of vampires not being able to cast reflection, it's interesting how they sort of invert this in this because they aren't casting a reflection, 
but they go inside the mirror and then they're looking out at you. So they sort of mess around with that whole idea because when the vampires are standing in front of it, you don't see them. But you will see them when they're inside it, luring you, entrancing you. But the Burgermeister having his heart attack, that sends some of the folks, the townies, they've had enough now. The Schilt going to book it. And Mr. Schilt makes a really bad decision (laughs) because apparently he can't get out of his own village. So he's arranged it. He says he arranged it with the circus people. Yeah, The dwarf Michael is going to help him out. And on the list of bad ideas, that's up there. After they talk about their, the circus people and the dwarf Michael is going to help them, they cut down to the dwarf looking up at the window, and he gives one of the creepiest faces. He just smiles up at the window. It made my blood run cold. In Twice the Thrills, Twice the Chills, a book by Brian Sen, he interviewed Adrian Corey, the woman who plays a gypsy woman, and she had this to say about Skip Martin, who plays a dwarf. I could have murdered him several times he was very good but skippy was the biggest upstager ever and he does a fantastic job in this movie he really does and and he does help them he leads them out into the you get mr schilt mrs schilt and one of their mothers it's an old lady the dwarf leads them out into the woods and mr schilt oh bless you bless you and the dwarf looks at him he has this very weird voice he goes don't bless me hey me (laughs) (laughs) And he, he pays them, and the dwarf goes, whoop, whoop, and books it. Just ditches them in the woods. They're, they're looking around. Hey, man. And that was where I'm assuming, since they lived in this village, that they would know the woods well enough where they wouldn't have an outsider, a carny yes. folk, yes. take them out. Jason, if some stranger walks into your neighborhood and says, hey, I'll help you get out of your neighborhood... You'd probably say, I think I know the ways out of here better than you do, pal. You know? it, it was it was very weird. Emil, the as Black Panther, comes out and just murders. I'm sorry to laugh, but it's fiction. <laughs> he murders all three of the people, and it's pretty ghastly. And it, it only gets worse because we end up seeing the aftermath. The- Slaughtered by an animal. And at the same time, Dora, the schoolmaster's daughter, Mueller's daughter, who is not in town at the time, she, for some reason, coming from the capital, breaking the blockade and running towards the village. And this is a point where there is a lot of characters in this movie. It's hard to say who is the main protagonist and who is the main antagonist. And because of what you've pointed out already, the six weeks, seven weeks, you're done. We just have to edit and get it done. It's hard sometimes to follow on the first view and what's going on. And so Dora, she comes across this slaughter. I don't know why they would try to keep people from getting into the village. If you want to go in there and die, that's your business. So, But she's being chased through the woods. And so the blockade dudes are chasing her. And all of a sudden, she falls down. She's crawling. She happens upon the remains of the Schiltz. And it's pretty ghastly. And she looks and you think it's the panther's eyes. But it ends up being a pair of boots. And she's just keep, she keeps it together better than I probably would. Because there's just body parts and heads and everything's mangled and torn apart. And yet another moment when townspeople are odd. They don't react to supernatural things as I would. Mueller is standing in the middle of the circus. It's completely empty. There's nothing around. Just a bunch of torches lit. And he's speaking out loud about why are you here? What are you doing? And a voice, a disembodied voice is answering him. Talking about how, you know, we're here, we're deaf. Blah, blah, blah. And Mueller starts talking about his daughter. And the voice says she's not here yet. And all of a sudden, she comes around one of the wagons. And Mueller's, Mueller just looks. It's that game show through the forest led right to the it's circus. Just, just a bummer. <laughs> There's so many points that the village should say, the circus of knights, we should probably run them out of town. Rile up the village. Let's get some flames and pitchforks again. I mean, Mueller spoke with a disembodied voice that sounds a lot like Voldemort from Harry Potter. But it's still like, eh, we'll let the circus continue. His reaction is to tell Anton, they play no games. They are deaf. (laughs) I mean, if you really believe that. Anton's excited that Dora, who he's enamored with, uh, you assume they're in a relationship, that she's back in town. He is telling everybody there's no way that animals killed the Schiltz. Because the animals at the circus are in cages. I mean, if he's going to be the doctor of the town, what kind of logic is that? 
<laughs> Someone can unlock the cage. I mean, there's so many things you can think of. So much so, he's like, I'm going to take you, Dora, to night three of the circus to prove to you that it's okay. So Anton and Dora go to circus that night. He's going to prove that it's not dangerous. In addition, the Hauser boys show up. And they enter the mirror of life. And they see the vampire twins. Heinrich and Helga. Lori Partridge. Oh my god. And David Cassidy. And this goes back to one of the taboos where they kill the boys. And it's very unsettling. And, and that's one scene that really drove home like the reminder me of something wicked this way comes. Because that Ray Bradbury story dealt with two boys. And to see that scene... Where this mere alternative universe where they're pulled in and the boys point out, oh, they have no reflection. So Anton and Dora, they have left. The, the, the vampires have now killed the Hauser boys. The village and Hauser immediately assume that the circus has something to do with it. And Hauser shows up and he's beating the dwarf's head into the side of one of the wagons. I mean, boy, there is a mob mentality <laughs> yeah. going on there. I mean, the dwarf is creepy, but that was, that was pretty messed up. And they find... Someone someone from the village says, like, the boys are dead over, over here. They find the boys closer to the Minter House's crypt, dead. Very sad point. It's on the old castle grounds. Another point. You know, when we burnt down the castle of Minter House, we should have done a better job. So Anton, when he takes Dora to the circus, is like, the, the animals aren't bad. They aren't mean. Helga says, no, watch. <laughs> Basically, to prove the animals are nice, she sticks her arm into the tiger cage and it starts biting her arm. And this is the scene. I'm, this is my guess. Robert Young took too much time on this. They filled this fake arm with pork and the tiger was not reacting well. When they switched from pork to beef, tiger was all in on this. Which And, it, and again, I believe they said it took a few days to figure this out, like they just kept trying to force pork onto this tiger, <laughs> which I didn't know tigers were that picky. But so Hel- then Helga sticks her arm, and everyone's like, "Oh no, that's little." And when she pulls her arm out, it's totally fine, as if to say, "See, this tiger can't hurt you." That's a really bad example to set. You don't want people sticking their arms into the tiger cage because <laughs> a tiger will rip your arm off. <laughs> the Hauser has gone to the Burgermeister. They believe the animals of the circus. They're going to kill them. That these animals are up to no good. This and is what gets the Burgermeister out of bed, by yeah, the way. Exactly. He's just in right. there like suffering. It's like away. killing animals? <laughs> yeah, suddenly Hauser comes in, in and says, let's just go shoot animals in a cage. <laughs> yeah. And so they show up to the, cir- the circus. And the first animal they kill is a chimpanzee, which I've never seen through the whole movie until the scene. Okay. I did see the chimp. <laughs> okay. But it did nothing. <laughs> exactly. It, it was just like they had, they, they said, let's get some animals. And all they could find was the panther, the tiger, and, and, the, and, and a chimp, because the chimp, and there is some connection. The dwarf reacts really. The, the chimp must have been his pal. Yeah. But yes, I did see the chimp earlier, but it did nothing else. Again, might have been something that they were going to shoot, and they never got around to shooting it. They kill the tiger. They kill the chimp. They try to shoot the panther, which is a meal, and he transforms. And all of a sudden, Rose is there. Like, out of the blue. Where, where did she come from? The Burgermeister, once again, falls down as if another heart attack. And... Emil takes Rosa down to the crypt of the Mitter House. Mueller shows up. When Mueller looks at the gypsy woman and he sees Anna, her glamour, is that what it is that keeps her, makes her look like the gypsy woman? Mueller looks and the gypsy woman says, you know why we're here. And Mueller sees his wife for a brief moment, then sees the gypsy woman. And that's an important part of this keeps movie. Keeps it to himself. Yes, because there is clues all through th- this movie that the gypsy woman is actually Anna in a glamour. But that scene right there solidifies it. So Emil takes Rosa to Count Minterhouse and sacrifices her. Kills her. The blood of the children of the people he cursed. Because we see when when they kill the boys, you see the Count come back a little more. Like he's getting more full of quote-unquote life. And so I would think after going and slaughtering the animals of a circus... All these points saying the circus is no good. That the circus would have closed down. But no, there's another night. And the, no. and the townsfolk are still up for some circusing. Exactly. It's a, small, it's a far smaller group. And of course the circus even announces that they have to end it early because there's no animals. Anton and Dora show up for that night again. And this time they enter the mirror of life. 
And at a point, they're both being enthralled by the twins, Heinrich and Helga, but Dora has a cross. And Anton is not as easily swayed because he is a man of science. This is my take on that, Jason. They wanted the children of the people who killed the Count, those kids. Anton's not one of those kids. That's true. They, were, they weren't going out willy-nilly killing. They focused. He was the son of Kirsch. Kirsch apparently wasn't there. That's my, my personal take, is that if he had been one of the children, he would have been taken. So Dora falls back outside the mirror because, of course, vampires, they react to the cross. And Dora and Anton depart. And now we're left into the final act of this movie. When Dora is released, they go, what are we going to do? And, they, and Emil says, the gypsy woman will tear the cross off of her neck because she is not a vampire. And she has a look that she's not that keen about this. Because she still has some motherly instincts. Yeah, which I well, when we wrap this up, there's a couple things I have to say about that. Well, I'm going to turn it over because Dr. Kirsch has now arrived back at town. And it's all about rabies. There's some rabies. <laughs> By bats. <laughs> Who would have thought? Bunch of uh, rabies going around. That's this plague that's plaguing the town. And, and also, he now believes in vampires. <laughs> you know, they've been around. Uh, and wherever there's been an outbreak of vampire stuff, the Circus of Knights has been there and he's got a vaccine for the rabies but there's not a vaccine for the vampires then we go to anton and dora who are at a boarding school why is there this boarding school with a bunch of celebrating students in the middle of this plague and there's no tavern so they have a boarding school but no tavern but what i I love is that they're upstairs they're like having reveling these these (laughs) students who from elsewhere they're here and they're just having a great old time upstairs we've never seen them otherwise gypsy folk show up and this is where being invited in thing sort of falls apart because Emil comes into the boarding school and then immediately decides he goes upstairs to turn into a panther and kill all of these celebrating, partying boarding school kids. Why didn't he turn into a panther and just kill Anton? It doesn't make a lot of sense at that point at in all. terms of final battle. At all. Because those revelers, that boarding school, those children had probably nothing to do with the original children. So he goes out of the way, like he, he deviates from his plan. Maybe it's just the bloodlust as a vampire. He has been sometimes difficult in finding the, listening to the directions. Also, Kirsch learns that Emil is a kinsman of Count Minerhouse. <laughs> yes. His whole thing is he runs upstairs to lure Anton. Anton, of course, goes, ah, better get up there. You're going to be safe here. And Dora's not because the gypsy woman shows up with the twins. She does pull the crucifix off. But Dora has the sense to run into a chapel. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with chapels, there's a lot of crosses in there. This is another thing. Oftentimes, I thought in the vampire story, they couldn't even go into a sacred place like that. Consecrated ground, I thought, was off limits yeah, to vampires. But, but they, they walk right in. They walk right in. And there should be crucifixes everywhere. And But they're, they're totally cool. They're trying to get Dora. She climbs up on this beam. And that's when Anton comes in to save the day, which is hilarious because he's such a wiener. And, and Heinrich just proceeds to smack him around, just backhanding him, just treating him very shabbily. So, and Dora up in a beam moves along and there's a giant cross that she suddenly gets to. Like, they never saw this cross. The only thing they're looking at is Dora, apparently, because there's a giant cross. And she gets to this cross, and, and Helga goes, ah, you know, I can see a cross. Dora pushes the cross over, and somehow it takes flight and comes cruising down and hits Helga and just ugh, kills her. And this is kind of cool, I thought, was that Helga and Heinrich, their connection, she gets impaled by this crucifix, this giant cross, and it kills Heinrich, too. Yeah, and he, he feels it. They're, as twins, they're, they're psychically linked. And, and they both die. Yeah, and the gypsy comes in because she's their mother. She's upset. And Emil comes in and he's like, oh, there's a cross and all this. So they have to book it. And that's when Mueller hints at who the gypsy is. Yeah. He, he's pretty sure this is my this is my this, wife. This is my wife. The woman who, who left on the words of a dying Count Mitterhouse to go and search out this circus. So the village is riled, riled up. Yes. And they leave Hauser's wife... With Dora and a cross, because they said, you'll be protected, (laughs) which doesn't go well for her, because she has this epic fail when the strong man shows up, and she approaches him with the cross, and he just kind of smirks, reaches out, crushes the cross, because 
He's not a vampire. Uh, and, Oops. But at that time, I thought maybe he would switch sides. See, I had that same feeling, too. There was a couple moments the first time I saw this that I thought, I, he might turn around and go, you know what, I'm on the Darth side Vader of Darth Vader might come to the light side of the Force. I'm on the side <laughs> of good, but no. No, he's not. He takes them away. And then yeah. there's another moment where we think, where I think this is where they didn't get to shoot something because the sexy dancers, the tiger woman and that guy are found dead under a wagon Makes no sense. They're a part no. of the circus. Yeah, everybody like, else in the circus seems nefarious. The strong man, the dwarf, the gypsy woman who aren't vampires, but why kill these two? Yeah. Were they the only one who not on the big secret that we're a vampire circus? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we didn't sign up for this. <laughs> we're just doing naughty dancing as tigers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why us? Why us? So, so that was kind of interesting. Then you get the strong man who comes towards them. He's like, he ain't gonna put up with this crap another graphic scene yeah. because they shoot him in the chest point blank and they do a little there's a squib on his back it blows a hole the size of a grapefruit through the I guy know. that was a little jarring <laughs> it I was thought, whoa well and, and then after that they all like walk over with torches <laughs> and just start beating on him so this is when they decide they're gonna burn this circus yeah. down they've had it Three, four nights of this crap, it's done. And Hauser gets his. This guy really takes a beating because his kids get killed. He goes in. He's like, I'm going to go burn that mirror place down. He goes in and he sees in the mirror, he sees Emil and the gypsy lady just exaggeratedly like killing his wife. And he just starts screaming. But watching that, he catches on fire and burns to death. Yes. That's not a fun way to go. And so Anton finds his way to the crypt. Where he finally... Skippy's there. The exactly. Dwarf. <laughs> the dwarf finally gets his, and we're all happy for that. <laughs> and then Gypsy Lady does become Anna because she sacrifices herself because Emil is going to kill Dora. I mean, it was really odd. She <laughs> pushes Dora out of the way. And I don't know what she hoped to solve by that. But also I will say it's supposed to be a moment where, oh, this magnanimous moment for her. But I go, no, to heck with that. Because she's been murdering children all through this, but yeah. suddenly, it's I get her kid. I, yeah, I, it just it didn't wash with me. I'm like, I get the whole protect your yeah. own kids. I don't think any parent goes, you know what? It's totally cool to go out and burn, murder kids all the time and then not murder your own kid. You're a good parent if you do that. I don't think so. I think you should still have your kids taken away. She dies saving her daughter. The glamour dissolves, and you see it's Anna. And now the village has made its way to the crypt. Mueller is down there. He is going to face off a meal. And he thinks like, what can I grab? What can I grab in this crypt to face off against this vampire? You know what? This nicely preserved corpse of Count Mitterhouse. I'm going to pull the stake out that I stabbed him with. Because I'm going to fight this other vampire. He pulls it out. And he's able to kill Emil. But know what? Who comes back alive after you pull the stake out? David Bowie. (laughs) David Bowie is back alive. I have a question. The, the idea of the cross, because Anton, he picks up a crossbow and holds it up, and that just, you know, a crossbow happens to have a cross, and that's enough to make the count go, ah, that's that kind of cross. It's not a special crucifix or anything. No. If that's all it takes, there's crosses throughout everywhere. Ev- everywhere. I know. You can't walk through life. You just be, oh, constantly going, ah. I saw that too. I'm like, wait a second. That's it. Was this that's a consecrated? A, was this a blessed crossbow? It, it, it was an easy movie it moment. Was, it was cheap. Yeah. I do like the way they behead him because he gets his head into the crossbow area and then pulls the trigger and the cord, which it wouldn't happen, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Decapitates so, Mitterhouse. Absolutely. Mueller was killed by Emil, yeah. and he's laying there, and his hand is touching Anna's. I mean, I you're supposed to think a happy ending, but I'm thinking, like, his wife's been gone for 15 years. His wife gave up their life to go pursue right? Count Mitterhouse. Like, why are you still holding this flame for this And woman? murdering children. I know. Like, your your wife ditched you for a vampire. That whole thing, there, there was no, mm, oh, gee, that's nice moment. I thought, I wouldn't want to touch your hand. You're a terrible <laughs> person. Dr. Kirsch? Dora and Anton make it out of the crypt. And everybody throws their torches down into the, the hole. They know, apparently, they're not taking their loved ones' bodies out. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, boom, done with this. And then there's a vampire. There's a bat. I it, thought the ending, too, was like, question mark. Like, the end of that question mark. Bat's like flying yep, up. The bat's flying away. And I thought, oh, who survived? Yeah. What's going to happen? Who's coming back? You know? Exactly. So it's like sort of a happy ending. I guess. Would you recommend this? I like this movie. I think there's some flaws to it. It has a very creepy, unsettling vibe. It's not like other Hammer films. So if you're a Hammer fan 
and you've experienced Hammer through the 50s and the 60s, and you look at this movie, you're not going to see the stars. It's a very different setting. There's a lot more characters to keep track of. But for a horror movie, I thought they did a really interesting take. I do want to point out that in the history of horrors, the rise and fall of the House of Hammer, the author's take was this was the last-ditch effort of Hammer in the 70s to compete with exploitation movies that are coming out of Italy and France and America. So you saw a lot more flesh, you saw a lot more violence, a lot more taboo subjects. And I would say, yeah, even for nowadays, the nudity is, you know, you see more nowadays, but still it's a little unsettling of when you see the nudity and the taboo subjects are still very taboo. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we mentioned it earlier that yeah. you don't kill children. The whole focus of this is to kill the children. And very young we start off first five minutes we're killing a very young girl yeah like i said not the hammer that my mom was bringing no. home for us to watch i like it i recommend it i think it's a cool movie editor did a pretty bang up job i think because they didn't shoot everything they needed to the new york times did a bad review of this movie when it came out in the united states it didn't get a lot of good reviews the original release in, in england at the time had the full movie when I believe the U.S. distribution was done by 20th Century Fox. They edited out a lot of the nudity and some of the really graphic violence. And therefore, we th I thought it was confusing sometimes. Imagine those scenes editing out which helped tell the tale. It was really confusing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, do, I do recommend it, though. I think it's a cool little movie. The beer. Uh Oh, the oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yes. Oh, thank thank you, Millstream, Schiltbrow Amber. Like I, I've said it three times now, my favorite American Amber. I've actually had the Raspberry Latte Stout on tap, which is a very good time. And I've had the Backroad Stout on tap. And it, great oatmeal stout, fantastic raspberry coffee stout, beautiful stuff. And Rebecca, thank you for taking the time to not only sending us a beer, to write us a note. Yeah. So much appreciated. Well, and for beer. listening to us. Absolutely. Because that's how that's how the connection came, is because she was, she's a fan. Excellent. And I hope she continues being a fan. I'm always going to be a fan of Millstream. I will celebrate them. Cheers. Cheers. Which are you drinking right now? This is the raspberry latte. That's what I'm drinking too. So good. I mean, I'm getting more of the raspberry as it temps up a little yep. bit. So I still love that right. coffee taste. I guess that wraps up our show. Please like, subscribe, and comment where you listen. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our website. This is Beer and B Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.